Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Broadway Reigns. This time we had Maggie Vera, host of Actor Aesthetic, which is a podcast which you should definitely check out, and a blog, which also has awesome content. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks! Hi Lucy! Hey! This is so exciting. Hold on, one sec, let me change my mic. Well, I guess I should make sure my mic's the Uh right one. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Hi, Lucy. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Good. What time is it over there? 9 a.m. 9 (laughs) a.m. This is actually too early for me because I have to wake up at 7 for school, but if it was summer, this would be way too early for me. How long does it usually take you to get your schoolwork done? Um, It depends. Yeah. We have, like, a new different schedule in school, so now it's, like, like all my heavy, so this is kind of completely random, but all of my, like, heavy work, like, not electives are on the same day, so sometimes I'll get a ton of homework, but then my electives, like, drama, are on the nice day, and then I don't get homework for those. You must, you must love those days. (laughs) I do. Yeah. Arts are part of my life. Yes, they are. Yes. So, how are the plan's going to go? We're going to start off with a little question about, I don't know, like, not really our lives, just our opinion. And then I want to talk to you a little bit about teaching your podcast and then a little bit about your career, too. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So for, like, the icebreaker question, what's your opinion on, like, the Broadway shutdown and how it's going to go? Oh, gosh. So, yeah, literally just... Hours ago, we found out about Broadway and how it's going to be shut down until at least, I believe it said May 30th, 2021, um, which means if anything, nothing's going to happen until at least June of 2021. I can't say I'm surprised, to be honest. I I initially heard, when I heard the news that Broadway would be shut down until January, I thought, okay, it's still not coming back in January because with the state of the world that we're in right now, I can't imagine theater coming back to full capacity the way that Broadway needs it to be until at least we have a vaccine or we have a safer way to go about things. So I can't say that I'm surprised. That being said, I think this is, it's alarming because I know we've been wanting better news than this. It certainly wasn't the best news to wake up to, but I can say that I will stand by the fact that I do believe that artists are resilient and we will find a way to continue creating and um, to continue bringing art to the world in a time where we need it most. Yeah, I don't know if this is true, but one thing that I heard is that even with like the March 30th, Broadways each have their like they can make their own schedule on how they open. So some might even open later than that. Yeah, I saw that, that that it doesn't necessarily mean that theater will be coming back in at the end of May and June, but that it's a tentative date. So some theaters might be able to come back immediately and others maybe not so much. I think it really depends on the theater and how big it is, um, whether or not they can fill that space and um, the producers and the people at charge. Yeah, one thing that is kind of silly opinion, but... 
I'm sure they're going to have to social distance in theaters once we yeah. come back. And But one thing I was like, you know what? There probably won't be that tall person in front of me in a Broadway show, so I can't <laughs> see the stage. That's funny. My grandma used to always get so mad. She would always go see a Broadway show, pay lots of money, and then wouldn't be able to see the show because she said that there was always someone sitting in front of her that either had a big head or was really tall. (laughs) Yeah, I remember. I feel like it was actually like the last Broadway show I watched before shutdown. And what was it? I want to say it was the lightning. The lightning morning. thief? Yeah. Morning. <coughs> oh, morning. <laughs> um, the lightning thief. And I remember um, I was about to put the booster on my seat. And then the girl behind me was like, oh, no. And I was like, oh, okay, I won't put it. And she's like, no, you can put it. And I, she was like, oh, I was just joking. And then I was like, I don't feel good about putting it on anymore. So I was like yeah. hesitantly watching. And I remember last Broadway show for almost a year now. Crazy. Really crazy. I think the last show I saw on Broadway was, oh gosh, Moulin Rouge, maybe back in late February, maybe even early March. And actually, I interviewed Paloma Garcia Lee maybe a week before the shutdown. (laughs) And I was really nervous because I know I saw that that entire cast or a lot of them had contracted COVID. So I was nervous I had it because I was in the theater doing that doing that interview just a week and a half before thankfully I wasn't sick but can you imagine yeah well I feel like there are a lot of close counters and you get really paranoid and there's like just like waves of like you're really scared but then you're like "Mm." it's okay (laughs) (laughs) yep so I guess let's piggyback on this a little and let's talk a little bit about your career. So sure. my first question is when the shutdown happened, like where were you in like steps? Like were you like still auditioning? How do you book a show? So I, you know, what's funny is number one, I was still auditioning for shows. I had a couple of really big callbacks. I actually had a big audition for the they were going to be doing a Chicago production of six mm-hmm. again because they oh. it, it started there and then once it was on Broadway they were going to do another run of it I think at Chicago Shakes I can't remember but I had a uh, an audition for that in person that week and I didn't get to do it because it was like the day before the shutdown and they said you know what we're feeling a little uncomfortable with having people come in so if you could just send us a self-tape and I was like oh man because you know it's so much more fun getting to do an audition in person now I was living in New York at the time and I had been living in New York now for at least a year almost a year and uh, I had been auditioning a ton going in for callbacks going in for big things I actually had a show I was doing Ghost, um, the musical, uh, singing some songs there at um, the Green Room, Green Room 42 in New York. Um, we were going to be doing a cabaret production of it, and I was going to sing some of Molly's songs. The day everything shut down, and I remember it was March 13th because it was Friday the 13th, and I was like, no way is this happening on Friday the 13th, but it did. So I immediately came home. I went back to New Jersey, which thankfully my family lives very close to the city, maybe about 40 minutes away. I took an Uber because I was nervous to go on the subway. And I uh, I took a train home and I did not go back into the city until at least four or so months later. Um, all of my stuff was there. No one was living in my room. I It was just collecting dust. And uh, 
I decided to go back for a little bit and I realized it wasn't the best situation for me to go back and stay there because no auditions were happening, no shows were happening. Um, so I came back home and now I'm back in New Jersey, but what a quiet, like what a wild time, you know? Yeah. I also feel, feel especially at the start, like no one knew like how would we move to virtual and everything was like put on pause for like three weeks and everyone was just like sitting there thinking like, huh. <laughs> I know. I, when I heard the news, so we had found out that my, that the production, the performance we were doing on the 13th was postponed. So when I immediately found that out, I said, great, I'm going home. My mom said, pack a bag as if you're coming home for a long time. And I said, no way. Like, I did not believe her. And that is just a reminder to always <laughs> listen to your mom because she's always right. And I, uh, I packed a very small bag because I didn't think she was right. And I came home and I still, you know, I was like, living off of old clothes that I had in my room, my childhood bedroom. I <laughs> should have believed her. But uh, yeah, what a crazy time. Yeah, I feel like at the start, we were like, oh my gosh, this is just like a bad case of the flu. It'll like yeah. be over in two minutes. And then it wasn't. And then Broadway just kept on delaying and you were like, oh, how sad. Mm -hmm. really sad. I, on I honestly wanted to be, I wanted to watch the show when, um, Broadway came back in January, but then my mom t this morning said, maybe we can actually watch a show when it comes back. And I was like, yeah, I love that. <laughs> but hopefully they'll open sooner than we think, because I don't know how you can really last that long without Broadway. I know. Yeah. So let's talk about a little bit about how do you think about virtual auditions because I know you like you did things like American Idol so how was that yeah. experience so I thought that they ran that really well um and I hope that the theater community takes some of the the aspects of virtual auditions with them because I don't see a world in which we're going to be having open calls um equity principal auditions and equity chorus calls tend to have a lot of people going to them. I just don't see a world in which we're going to have anything like that soon, um, especially since Broadway is not opening until at least the summer of next year. So I, uh, at least from my experience with auditioning for American Idol, it was really awesome. They did it all on Zoom. And in fact, uh, I was able to sign up for an audition time. Basically, it was like, you know, within the hour and we were all put into a basically a holding room virtually. And then we were cast off into breakout rooms with the producers of the show and we got to sing for them live. And I thought that was so neat. It was different than just sending in a self tape, you know, because with a live audition, at least you're getting to sing in a way live for a producer and you're able to get that feedback firsthand as opposed to sending in a self tape and just hoping. You know, so I do hope that that continues to be a thing. I, I it surely will, especially for uh, film and TV stuff, which has been able to come back in waves more so than theater. But I do see a very virtual world in our future. I think it's really great how opportunities can open because like some things 
like the virtual master classes like it's really hard yeah. to do it from like the Philippines but then now people can do it all they have to do is stay up till 2 a.m but they can still do it <laughs> <laughs> I was just speaking to a friend from the Philippines Marga and she oh. had yeah and she had class this morning she woke up at like 2 a.m but the thing is is like how cool is that that we have those opportunities, you know? Um, you know, I know you're on the West Coast, so mm-hmm. it might be really, it's really nice to be able to do master classes that would have happened in New York, uh, but you don't need to fly out for them. You don't need to pay money to fly out or money to uh, stay in a hotel or anything. It's, it's more available than ever, which has been really amazing to see. Yeah, and I, I mean, confirm me if I'm wrong, if you know I'm wrong, but I feel like it. Also, the tuition for, like, the one-time master classes are also cheaper because most of the time they don't have to fly the star all the way to you or... Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. No, you're right. And people are, like, just doing all these things, and you can discover so many things, and you're just like, whoa. I mean, COVID, like, no one wants it, but, like, look Mm -hmm. at all the doors it's open for, like, all the doors it's closed. Exactly. Yeah. So now I guess we should move on to a little bit about what I asked you to talk about is your teaching. So what inspired you to start teaching? Oh, gosh. So I initially started Actor Aesthetic, which is an actor lifestyle blog, podcast and online learning community for actors. I started that back in 2017. I was a senior in college and I it was a requirement for a course I was taking. I studied musical theater, but I had some extra time on my hands and I really wanted to study something along the lines of journalism or media. So I took two classes, one on the history of mass media and one on Uh, digital and online media. And in that second course, I had to create a blog. And I initially thought about creating something that would be politically based because I really love politics. And this was around the time that I think Trump was elected 2016. So I had a lot to say, but I knew that I didn't want to get my hands tied in politics when I wanted to also be an actor. I was just afraid of expressing my opinions there when I knew that it could be twisted the wrong way uh, as a writer and also a performer. So I decided to write about what I knew, which was uh, performing and theater. And I started documenting my experiences and, and hopefully in the end, helping other individuals who were pursuing a career in the theater industry along the way. However, I noticed that when I started creating social media accounts for my blog and eventually my podcast, I realized that a lot of actors had questions for me because they trusted my opinion, um, my authentic, honest opinion, and uh, more so because I was in New York and I was auditioning and I was performing and I was, you know, I was in the heart of everything. And I noticed that there was an informational gap between college programs and the real world because you know, why wouldn't there be? Uh, College programs are college programs and they're amazing, but the problem is, is that they don't have the same opportunities to teach you on things like that are happening right now in the world, in the professional community, because they're not the ones auditioning. They're the ones teaching you. So uh, I, I thought there was an informational gap that I wanted to close there. And I started to write to help others. And when I started getting questions, the same questions over and over again, I thought, 
this might be a really good opportunity to coach on because, because I was getting so many of the same questions. So I opened up a coaching business alongside Actor Aesthetic. And we now, which is crazy to think, but we, I now have two lovely humans coaching alongside me, um, one for monologues and one for dance lessons. And it's been really incredible getting to teach this next generation of artists, especially during such a crazy, crazy time. Mm -hmm. One question I had is when you started it back in 2017, like how did Actor Aesthetic Blog look like? Did you have a website, stuff like that? It looks so bad. So (laughs) I had no idea. I mean, at this, still to this day, as of recording this podcast, I have been totally on my own in terms of designing my website and uh, making sure it's SEO compatible, which is search engine optimization. Um, All of that fun, geeky stuff I learned all on my own. And uh, I designed it initially. It did not look the same as it does now. I hope, I mean, dear God, it would be a disaster if it still looks that way. Um, But it was pretty basic. You know, I had, I I mostly was talking about, uh, I had blog posts. It was just a blog, no podcast until I think 2018. Uh, But I initially was writing about, I was writing more news-based articles, things on, um, you know, award shows and, and women's rights marches where entertainers were involved, different things. But then I realized that I had more knowledge based. I had more knowledge in writing helpful articles, writing list articles, things that people could really get behind audition song suggestions, uh, you know, what to sing at auditions and, and how to go about equity auditions. So I started writing about that. So that is how it looked initially, um, but it was really basic. All I had was just a couple of blog posts that I had to write for my class. And then from there, as I started to talk more with people one-on-one in coaching sessions and on social media, I realized that there was more information I could give them based on what they were asking. So I started writing for my audience. I think that's really smart. So now going back to your teaching, like this might sound offensive, but like, I mean this in like the nicest way possible and I'm trying to highlight you. So what makes you qualified to teach these things? Do you think? (laughs) That's a good question. No, it's not offensive at all. So, uh, number one, I, 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 I have a degree in musical theater, so I have a BFA in musical theater, which I think number one, first and foremost, makes someone absolutely qualified. But That is not the end-all be-all. I don't think you necessarily need a college degree to be qualified. That certainly helps me a lot because I got some really excellent training. And I have been doing this since I was professionally, since I was 10. Um, But I do think that some, you know, even if I didn't go to college, I would still be qualified to do something like this because I had been doing it since I was so young. I grew up in New Jersey, which is only a 40-minute train ride away from New York, and I had an agent in the city and I was going on professional auditions and I performed a couple of things um, regionally as well as off-Broadway and TV and film and so and commercials. So I really had a really good understanding of how the professional world worked. However, I think now the my my professional experience on top of my professional training has really lent itself to coaching, especially young artists. One thing 
I wanted to ask, like, I know this, but what do you like to teach or what's your favorite thing to teach? Hmm. I am such a nerd for helping people with their audition books. So I love pairing people up with material that number one, they love, but number two, really showcases them well in an audition. I love listening to new music. I love listening to golden age stuff, anything in between. I mean, I've always grown up really loving all types of music. And I really do appreciate finding material for students that they feel serves them well, but also that just is really good, really good for them. Um, because I, you know, the musical theater world is a little bit different than TV and film. For TV and film, you often get material beforehand. You're not necessarily doing something of your own. You're usually doing sides or dialogue that they gave you. But that's not always the case in musical theater. Sometimes if you're going for a big profile job, if you're going for a Broadway show, yeah, they might be giving you the material from the show. But oftentimes you're singing something from your audition book. And so your audition book is so important for that very reason. You want to make sure that you have material that serves you well in all different areas of musical theater. You want to be able to go to a Mean Girls audition in the morning and be able to go to a Waitress audition in the afternoon. Or you want to go to a Music Man audition or a Beetlejuice audition and have material that is from completely opposite worlds of musical theater that can serve you well in those auditions. So that, I think, is my favorite thing to teach. Mm -hmm. I'm honestly taking notes right now because you are <laughs> so knowledgeable. <laughs> okay, so now... Kind of going back to like how it looked way different than it was now. How do you think you went about building actor aesthetic to the thing it is today? I, that's a great question. So at first I think I was, I was more focused on creating something for myself um, when I first created actor aesthetic because I am a performer. So it was, it felt one in the same, but I really do think that after I started talking to people who were following my blog and people who eventually started listening to my podcast, I started creating for them because I realized that again, there's such an informational gap. And even though I didn't know it at the time, I realized that you know, I went back, there was a moment in my time with actor aesthetic where I went back and looked at the, the analytics of my blog. I went and looked at all of the blog posts that were really popular and which ones were not, which ones were not being read as much and, and which ones were not engaging. And I noticed a significant difference in what I thought people wanted versus what actors were really searching for. And before the coronavirus, they were looking up audition song suggestions and how to navigate equity auditions in New York. And to be honest, that more than anything, equity auditions, I did not learn anything about that in any training program I went to. I went to one from the time I was 10 to 18, and then I went to a college program, and no fault to them, but I didn't learn anything about equity auditions. And so I realized, oh my gosh, like, of course, people are asking these questions because no one knows this information. So let me give them the information firsthand. Let me tell them this is what I experienced 
going to these auditions and these are the songs that I find are really overdone or these are the songs I find people are not doing because I am literally there every day auditioning. So take my advice, take it or leave it. Um, but I realized truly, Lucy, that I, I think what's most important when you create something, it's not about you. It's about your audience and it's about serving them. I think you've done a really good job of that because <laughs> honestly, like the actor aesthetic fam is like a community, uh, like Sammy, Marga, mm-hmm. Mike, Lily, Jenna, Julia, Grandpa Bruce. Grandpa Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> And I think they're, like, so awesome. And I think it's so awesome how you have, like, the power to make those, like, communities work. It makes me so happy knowing that by serving others, we've also created a community. And that is so important right now in a time where everything is really unknown and none of us are working. And, you know, a lot of us are not even in our homes anymore. We're either back living with our parents or we're back in some random (laughs) apartment that is not in New York City. So it's been really nice to at least have a community to fall back on and knowing Mm -hmm. that we were a part of that in some way is really special. Yeah, and especially through this virtual time, like, sometimes I'm like, when I go to New York, like, I have to hit up every people, like, I just met. And I was like, oh my gosh, now I know so many people. Uh-huh. Yeah, so kind of going back to teaching, what what is kind of like your pet peeve with training or like the place where you see the most gaps in like where people need to learn? Mm. I think my pet peeve with working with coaches or even teachers in school is working with someone who, a coach who knows it all, someone who's not also learning on their own end. Um, I really try as a coach to make sure that I'm not just telling the my clients what to do. And I'm not just basing everything I know on what I already know and not actually going outside of the box and learning new material every day myself. I think it's important that as a coach, no matter what you're coaching in, you are also learning. You are also learning from your students and you are also growing outside of this um, because otherwise you're going to get stuck in one way of thinking or one belief. And that might be really negatively impacting how much you can grow and how much your students can grow. So that is a pet peeve of mine when it comes to teaching. And I really, really try hard to stay on top of things, to stay on the pulse of the industry, to stay up to date with all of the new things that are coming out and new shows that are coming out, just trying to stay up to date with everything. And I think also something that I notice a lot of actors struggle with is actually, I would say, marketing themselves and knowing knowing who they are and what they have to offer with with, uh, with the theater industry. Because I noticed that a lot of actors just say, I just want to work. I just want to book. I don't care like what it is. I'll do anything for you. You know, I don't, like they're focusing more on what they think someone wants versus their power. Um, and I am such an advocate for actors being their own advocates. And 
I think that comes down to really looking inside yourself and saying, okay, what do I want to offer to the world? How do I want to market myself as an actor or singer or dancer in this business? And going from there. So that's just something that I'm working with all of my students on is, is finding that, finding their own voice in the theater industry. Sometimes I forget I'm muted, not a techie. <laughs> um, so and now I wanted to talk a little bit about like the things you cover and you research. So I was actually talking about this like earlier before, but what do you think makes... So, okay, I'm just going to get straight to the point because like I'm <laughs> trying to elaborate, but I can't think. <laughs> um, so you make like these educational videos slash TikToks and yeah. it's like really inspiring. So like, where do you get that knowledge from? And then how do you like make it such a bite-sized info thing? <laughs> <laughs> so I've noticed that with the the worlds that we're in right now in technology, um, information is given as quickly and to the point as possible because that's what we want to see. We want to see information given to us quickly. Um, and you can see that through these different technology, like, you know, these different social media platforms. TikTok only lets you post a minute long. Um, Instagram reels, they used to be 15 seconds. Now they're letting you post up to 30 seconds of material. But those material, those, those posts go viral very quick because people want to see information as quickly and easily accessible as possible. So that has always been my goal with anything, with writing, with podcasting. I want to get to the point. When it comes to actually getting this information, again, like I said, I often I often poll my audience, especially on Instagram. I say, okay, who do you want to hear on my podcast? Uh, what are you struggling with right now? What, how can I help you? Different things that I, I want to know what people are struggling with. I want to know their pain points. And so that's what gives me inspiration for posting certain things. Um, I've given like bite-sized information in video form on audition songs and uh, gosh, what else? Uh, survival jobs. Um, I don't know, man. I've been posting a lot of videos because I have all of this time. with. And now stuff. you're like moving on to theater comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know I am. Well, I think that's something that, so I, you know, what's funny, Lucy, is that I created Actor Aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And to a point, I thought, well, I am actor aesthetic, you know, like I'm sharing my my thoughts and my opinions. But during quarantine, I realized I kind of want to separate that a little bit because I feel as though it needs to be a business. Mm-hmm. And then I am separate from that. I am an actress. I am a performer. I write, you know, all of this stuff. So I thought, OK, but I created a monster because <laughs> <laughs> I now have my own Instagram page and uh, TikTok. And I feel as though I can be a little bit sillier on there as I am. Mm-hmm than I am on my my business accounts but you know I think I just I think that sometimes in when we're in crisis mode and when we're really dealing with bad things in the world sometimes the only way you can get through it is by laughing and through comedy so I just hope that it makes someone laugh 
Yeah, it definitely <laughs> makes me laugh. I'll be that someone. <laughs> Some t- so one question I had is so you've been like posting covers and then stuff on that, and I was and I'm like, are you being cast in Mean Girls? Because there's a Katie spot open. Are you gonna get it? That's that's what I'm Did you say asking. there's a Katie spot open? Yeah, because they haven't announced... Because Sabrina Carpenter was only there temporarily. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And Erica Gosh. already left. Lucy, I wish. I am... Ho- like, I will be a part of that production in any form. I will be a tree in the background. <laughs> like, I just want to be in that show. And I know you love that show so much. And you've had so many wonderful performers in that show on your podcast. But I just... God, I love the show so much. I think I saw it like four times on Broadway. Oh yeah. my gosh. I know. One time I won the, I think twice actually, we won the the lottery, which was so great because, <laughs> you, you know, you get to pay nothing compared to what you would normally pay for the show. But you know, I would love to be in that show in any mm-hmm. capacity. And I am continuing to work through that. So we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> A random question that just came out to my mind. Mm-hmm. This might be like, this might be put me on the black book of theater forever. <laughs> but have you ever not actually watched a show, but you know when it ends, so you line up for the stage door anyways? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, okay, I am, I have not. Have you? Yeah, I did it okay, through. I, listen, power to you. That's okay. Yeah, because, you know, Colleen Ballinger, when she's yeah, playing Dawn, I was like, I was in New York, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can meet her. She didn't take any photos, but mm-hmm. I took a photo of her. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I've never actually done that because I never – I just, I guess I just never think of doing it. But <laughs> I'm also – I don't know. I'm so ho- – hopefully I'll change when I get that experience of actually being the person at the stage door, like – signing autographs but I'm so awkward so when I go to stage door is always like fangirling and freaking out and like not forming sentences correctly mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember kind of how I was talking about my last show The Lightning Thief mm-hmm. I actually had watched them when the same cast went on tour to Seattle and I got everyone's autograph except Chris McCarroll who plays Percy oh. Jackson so in the Broadway, I went stage dooring, and I would not leave until I got until some. Until Chris. Mm-hmm. And then I did. I, that's amazing. I went to college with Jarrell from The Lightning Thief. Oh, my he gosh. Is so cool and so funny. Yeah, yeah. He was a grade below me in school. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, I remember. I still have, like, photos. My Seattle seats, they weren't that good, but, like... <laughs> Then I watched the, we got like TKTS tickets, like who doesn't love TK? Mm-hmm. And I remember having churros in that like New York memories. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to live in New York right now, just like for five months and be like, <sighs> here I am. <laughs> so now let's get like on topic and let's talk a little bit about your podcast. So I know you said, but. How did your really your podcast like really start? Someone suggested it to me. Someone wrote to me. I think they DM'd me. Gosh, I don't remember who. And I really need to give them all the props because someone messaged me and said, you should start a podcast. I'll listen to it. And I had never thought of doing it before because uh, it's, you know, when you start a new thing, whether it's, especially when it's online, whether it's a new social media platform or just a new like entity, it's a lot of work. And 
That's why I've never really done anything on YouTube because I know YouTube is so much work and so much editing and so much time. So when I heard podcasts, I was like, gosh, I don't know how to do that. Like, how do you even start a podcast? But I'm sure you did the same thing. You just look it up. You go to Google and you say, how do I start a podcast? And you figure it out because that's that's why Google exists. You know, it's there to help us. You were honestly much better than me. I just listened to I just saw an ad and I was like, let's do this. <laughs> and I mean, I've switched websites like 50 yeah. times mm-hmm. and I'm just like new website, new thing. Yeah. And, you know, when you start, when you start something, you know, it's okay to, to switch websites mm-hmm. and switch domain, you know, like, cause you're starting and you're trying to figure out what, what you do well and how to do it the best way possible. So, I mean, gosh, I did the same thing. I went through all these different sites. I, I now though, I host my site through Podbean, mm-hmm. um, or I host the podcast through Podbean and I host my actor aesthetic site through Squarespace, but I have been through every single website under the sun I was the I did my site through WordPress and uh wordpress.com and all that good stuff so yeah and I want to compliment you on your website I love it like even your personal website I often look to it as for advice because like I build websites for my friends and then I'm just so cool yeah and it's like actor websites and they're like oh like what do you need like do you know what I need in my website and I'm like just look at Maggie Barris do you know what (laughs) she'll know that's so sweet yeah I honestly for for actor person like for personal actor websites and I do some uh, coaching and uh, workshops on this. I, ju- I just did one for AMDA and then I'm going to do another one for Kane University in New Jersey. But basically, actor websites, they're much more easier said than done. But I, they're so simple. You know, you just need an about page, a contact page, a media page just to show off like what you do and what you've done, production photos, headshots, and a resume page. And really, that's it. I, I, I personally, I worked behind a casting agent's office for some years. I, I assisted and interned at Michael Casera Casting, and I saw so many websites. And I really think it just comes down to the cleanest, most efficient website always does the job. Yeah, I. it was like one of your first episodes of your podcast. It was like yeah. how to build a strong website or actors. Mm-hmm. I've probably listened to that like a million times. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. So getting back on track to your podcast. So right when COVID hit, what was like the situation for your podcast? Were you still doing the advice? Were you like starting to branch into bringing um, guests? Actually in June, um, June, June, January, I, before COVID in January of this year, I made it a commitment to start interviewing other actors on my podcast. Mm-hmm. Before that, I really didn't do any interviews. I did maybe one and I might've had Colin on my podcast a couple of times, but that's it. So I wasn't doing any like professional um, interviews with other actors besides that. And uh, I made it a, I made a big decision to change a little bit, to pivot a little bit and start having conversations with other actors because I thought that was so important to have conversations with people on tour and on Broadway and agents and casting offices and musical theater department heads, you know, any, all different types of people, because I can only give so much information. I haven't been on Broadway yet. I haven't done a national tour. Um, I know people who have, so I felt as though I can only give so much, but let me have other people on my podcast who can share some really important information. Um, 
And I was having, I was having podcast recordings in person, you know, one-on-one. I was going to people's theaters and doing them. I was having them in my apartment in New York and then COVID hit. And I said, nope, I got to go. So instead I've still been doing podcasts with others pretty consistently. I do one every single Monday, um, but pretty consistently with other people um, since the pandemic, I just do them over zoom, just like you. And I record live and, uh, I edit them and yeah. Yeah. One thing that like, I mean, wouldn't hurt. You probably have a long line of people coming, but like we <laughs> love original content. So if you ever want to do one of your advice things again, oh, everyone would love. Okay, good. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yeah. So, I mean, all of these questions, if you don't want to release your biz secrets, you can just say pass and I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you get your guests? That's just a curious Great question. question. So, a couple of different ways. Some of them I know personally, some of them I have never met before, but I either have a friend who has worked with them or, you know, I have someone refer me to them. Uh, though I find that I've built a strong enough presence on Instagram where I can, I, I often DM someone if I find that either they're, you know, what, what's helpful is if the person's already following me because they'll see my DM versus on Instagram now, you know, if you DM someone and they're not following you, it might just go to their requests inbox Mm -hmm. and they might not see it. So I often look to people who are already following me. Um, For example, that's how I saw, that's how I uh, contacted Allison Bailey, who is playing Glinda on Wicked because she was following me and I was like, what? How cool. (laughs) So I started a conversation with her and I was like, would love to have you on the podcast. So that actually has been really awesome. I mean, I, Believe me, I've sent many DMs to people who have not even seen my DMs. So <laughs> who knows? But um, yeah, I just I'm really looking for for people of all walks of life, all all backgrounds, all um, types of theater performance and and behind the scenes. And uh, I reach out to them in hopes that they'd come on. Um, sometimes I shoot some emails. I had an intern working with me over the summer and she was able to contact some people over email. Um, but yeah, that's usually how the conversations start. I just strike up a conversation or I, I build a relationship with them over social media and then I take it to email so that I can send them all of the important information. Three things. One, was there an intern position? Like I want to apply for that if you have it again. (laughs) Like, I'd love to work for you. I'd work for free. It's so awesome. Um, I would love to have you, Lucy. Anytime. Just tell me what you want to get done. I'll do it. Okay. Second, you know, I actually have this list of, like, I, like, internet, like, spied on people. And I know who reads their DMs. So I have this list of, like, people who you who read their DMs. So, like, if I want to interview you. And then. Oh. Dang it, what was my third question? Never mind. Let's just go on. Next, what is your process in publishing an episode? So, like, you record it, and then, like, what happens for you? So I record the episode over, I mean, I have a Blue Yeti microphone, and I use a headset when I record everything. I record it over Zoom, and I literally hit record so that all of that material is sent. I record it to my cloud so that I have it there instead of on my computer because my computer is so full of just documents and 
apps and it's just very full. So I need somewhere else to put it. And then once I, I, that, that recording is downloaded, then I send it to, um, GarageBand and I just edit through GarageBand. I'm sure. Do you do the same? Yeah, I do GarageBand. It's super simple and easy. And, um, I'll record the intro. So I do all of that afterwards. I record the intro and any other information. If I have something coming up or if I have a shop, you know, or, or a course that I want to, to talk about, I'll do that. And then um, I put the recording into GarageBand, edit that, and then I export that into a file that will go to my Google Drive. So I will always have that file just in case I need it for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I'll download that file. Once it's done, I'll send it to an MP3 and I will upload it to Podbean along with all of the other information, all the other show notes, everything, their bio. Um, And then I also create a graphic now on Canva that I'll use on both my Instagram and also their like the actual posts that I put on line, like on my blog so mm-hmm. that people at least have somewhere to go instead of just sending them right to the podcast on Apple podcasts. Cause some people listen on Spotify. So mm-hmm. I just like to have it all in one place. And then I hit publish and that way I have, I've embedded the, the, the episode. I have their bio and their headshot and their show photos if they have one. Like I just had Lindsay Heather Pierce come on and I had her stunning photo of her as <laughs> Elphaba in Wicked. Oh my gosh. And uh, yeah, and I hit post and then I hit publish and I share about it on Instagram and Facebook and uh, hope that people listen. Oh, I remember my third thing. And What was one, the third question, Lucy? My third question was, like, if you're hitting a dry spot and you have no one yeah. to interview, like, hit me up. Like, either you can interview me if you want. Because, <laughs> like, it's now my new dream to either work for you or be on my podcast. Oh. And then, or, I mean, I guess I could refer you to anyone. Lucy, I'm making a note of that. I would love to have you on my podcast. I will make a note of that right <laughs> now. I'm writing Lucy. I thought you were yeah. writing on your computer and it was like, Whoa. no, not on my computer. I'm writing on a post-it note. <laughs> yeah, I would love to have you on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So <laughs> now I, what are your goals to as an actor? So we're going to finish up with some goals. Sure. As an actor, oh gosh, I, it has always been a dream of mine to be on Broadway and it always, it, it, you know, Broadway is not the end all be all. It's not like I have to be on Broadway in order to feel successful. Uh, I know plenty of people who work very consistently in regional theater um, and work on national tours. Just as long as I keep performing, that is the dream. So once COVID is thankfully gone and we can safely return to the theater, as long as I am working successfully, that's that's the dream. I will say though, my goal Broadway. And what would be really cool too is to originate a role on Broadway. So originate a role completely from scratch. That would be the dream. Amazing. Dreams are what make the world run. (laughs) I would honestly love to see you on the show because like you are so talented and I can't wait to get on Broadway. You're so sweet. Thank you. Yeah. And sometimes because of your cover, sometimes I'll think about it. And then I'll picture you in the costume, and I'm like, huh, that could work. Oh, the dream. Yeah, so 
Final question. What are your goals for actor aesthetic? Mm-hmm. They're ever-changing. Um, I do hope that I continue to to reach a wider audience. It has always been my goal to expand and reach a wider audience. And I think now with everything going virtual, it's been a lot easier to do that. Um, I hope that I just, I just hope it continues to grow. I hope that we continue to grow the blog. I hope that we continue to have some fantastic people on the podcast. And I really do hope to, you know, possibly expand the coaching business to maybe a school. Who knows? Okay, sorry. I just had a question. <laughs> school, do you mean cl- clarify? Because I need to know. I mean, like... <laughs> clarify I don't know I mean maybe you know maybe it becomes a theater school a theater school a theater academy you know something where we have a ton of different people associated different walks of life and and what I mean by that is actors current actors but also casting directors and agents and designers. I want people to learn all aspects of theater because I want them to know that even if you love theater, but you're not necessarily sure that you want to be an actor, there are so many other ways that you can do that. You can be a producer, you can be a writer, a designer, you can work on lighting or sets or wigs or costumes. And I want people to know that that is a thing. And um, I want them to learn from the best of the best. That would be really special. Wow, if you ever do that, I mean, sign me up. Along with, like, I will, don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experience and information with us. Lucy, you're so lovely. Thank you for having me. Of course. Just a couple of questions. Oh, my gosh. Ooh, I just had the square of my life. I thought we weren't recording. <laughs> <gasps> Could you imagine? No, no, we're recording. <laughs> okay. Anyways, and have a nice afternoon. Thank you so much, Lucy. Have a good rest of your day. You too. Bye. See you soon. Bye. Yeah, maybe on Monday. Yeah, maybe Monday. <laughs> See ya. See you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Broadway Brains with Maggie Barrow. I hope you liked it. Thanks.